welcome back to the Heads in the Game podcast. It has been way too long. Life caught up with us. Uh, Now that this isn't the biggest priority in our lives, but we've been slaving away behind the scenes to to bring this back. Turner is back from cold, very fucking cold Montreal. Turner, how you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, I think we got to give ourselves some credit. It's uh, our last years of our last uh, period of university, and uh, yeah, we've we haven't had that. We've been watching. We've been watching, but we haven't oh. had the the free time to to necessarily dissect what we've been watching. Uh, the hot we don't have Chris on the chat. Well, bum, we don't have the whole squad, but uh, I still need a, a a verbal reaction from Chris from. Uh, the events this week but i'm sure we'll get into it yeah we'll get to that and we'll of course have chris on soon the hot takes have been gestating in the group chat and now you finally get to um, bring them out into the world i'm here from slightly i mean 40 degrees warmer but still (laughs) freezing temperatures north carolina uh and really excited to talk about the latest happenings and uh january transfer window and then give out some mid-season awards uh but first things first turner i think you broached the subject a little bit last weekend should have been the north london derby it was not uh due to well not really a covid outbreak like two covid cases injuries a red card a lot but i think it was an interesting moment um you know not only for the way it affected the rules and the way that media and fans have reacted to it but also you know it came at i think probably not a great moment for an arsenal team that was really in fairly good form um you know winning consistently beating teams that they should beat um and then of course they lost to liverpool which you know not the worst thing in the world this week a liverpool that looked significantly better than they did in the first leg of the carabao cup but turner how would you feel you know just on a broad broad statement about Arsenal's progress so far? Um, I mean, I'll start with the COVID situation. I thought it was like, yeah, definitely uh, a little ridiculous. I think um, I think the, the slander Arsenal tends to get from everyone else also uh, just kind of like compiled and uh, made the situation even more, uh, I don't even, just, just talkable. Like it just felt like, like, uh, the the major part of this was the fact that, that um, Arsenal were in control of some of the lack of player options in terms of loaning out Maitland-Niles, uh, Balogun, uh, and getting getting rid of components of the squad that, especially when we have three or four players, I think it's three, uh, and I guess parties back and and now not back, <laughs> uh, but having some players in in Af- in Afcon uh, playing. Yeah, we, we definitely were short number, but I think we definitely could have fielded a team. Um, and it basically brought a bigger conversation as to whether teams were actually delaying games based on actual uh, deficiencies or just not having their number their best squad uh, to play a big game. And to be fair, I think not that this should change anything, but this Arsenal Spurs game was is a one of the bigger North London derbies uh, to memory in terms of uh, I'll speak for Arsenal because I think Spurs have been in the Champions League much more recently than we have, but uh, a really big top four, uh, a game that uh, could be very decisive in that top four race. Um, so not that that meant that Arsenal, uh, it meant more, so it justified them uh, potentially delaying a game that they didn't necessarily need to delay, but it, it was a big game. 
Um, and I, I'm not I'm not in support of what what happened, but I also think every team has had uh, moments this, these past yeah. months, which I'm sure we'll talk about, where they've had to delay game so i'll start there with the COVID situation i want to hear your take on this and and just what like with premier league's rules with post- postponing and how that's gone yeah i think you yeah. know all the, these takes you know have been i think oft repeated it's certainly something that you know in all football media it's really been the hot button issue recently for me it's just it's weird that you know that the rule is first team player like this is like because you know for let's say you know united's on and yeah. um you know they've got this young kid or ganga like swedish um like 18 or whatever and he you know he's got a kit number in the 30s so you know that he wasn't on the first team squad was to start he wouldn't be factored into counting for united's quota so it's yeah. i think it's you know it's extremely weird to me that you know these clubs have like 60 players that they're paying professional wages to between this team, your under 23s, you know, your subs, your, you know, top level Academy kids that can are either going to be sent out alone or get some game time in the cup or something. And it's like, if you, what is the point of having a reserve team? If you don't use them as your reserves, like what is the point of having these, you know, tremendous amounts of players and just not ever playing them and I understand not ever playing them. Like, I'm not making an argument that you should, you know, rotate more in the league or whatever, but it's just like, why are we canceling games if those players exist? It's not like the NBA. Like, the NBA has to, you know, cancel COVID or make, you know, people sign those 10-day contracts because there are physically, like, four players that had COVID on, that didn't have COVID on, like, the Chicago Bulls a month ago or something. Like, that's a totally different situation. But these clubs have huge infrastructure and just a tremendous amount of just manpower um and i felt like the decision is pretty ridiculous i think in the arsenal case it was doubled by the fact that the law the rule basically says that if COVID is a factor in um there not being enough players then you can postpone it but of yeah. course it technically was a factor because one player two players then odegaard it was, it was just odegaard yeah just odegaard just odegaard had it but the main issue was just, you know, injuries. And unfortunately, the unfortunate truth of football, especially in December and January, is that injuries are going to happen. Um, yeah. Every team experiences it. And I think it was a little bit short-sighted by the Premier League to grant that. And just I think that it will require a look back at the rules um, because they, we do have to reach a point where games have to stop being postponed. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you look at Burnley, and Burnley have played – I think five games less than the relegation rivals. And it's like, where yeah. are they possibly going to fit those in? And that's not, and Burnley are a team that don't have to worry about Europe or, you know, late cup runs. Whereas, you know, a Tottenham, a Chelsea, it's like, I guess Tottenham aren't in Europe anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you know, Chelsea or United or anyone are going to make up, you know, games, when are you going to play them? It's, yeah. you know, we're reaching the point in which if you are in the Champions League, you're playing every other week, there's international breaks, there's, multiple rounds of the league you've got the cups it's just uh, you know, i you know i think the season's going to have to be extended by maybe a month at this rate so it's going to be interesting to see what happens but i just think that was probably the wrong decision yeah i agree i agree um and then just quickly touching on just recently with arsenal um i don't know i think it's been I, I, a lot of people have uh been very arteta in recently a lot of 
a lot of uh, admiration for the club and what it's been doing. And I would be, I'd be a pessimist and it'd be ridiculous not to give some credit. I think just the inconsistencies are still there. And if you can continue to just look at, like just highlight that while talking about some of the performances we've had, then, then I'm fine with any conversation regarding Arteta's quote unquote brilliance. But I mean, you play like that against City uh, which has to be one of the greatest performances I've ever I've seen uh, Arsenal or just 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 in the past decade potentially uh, in terms of playing arguably the best team in the world off the pitch for 70 minutes and then losing it to just stupid decisions. But then you lose to Forest the next week. I mean, like our next game was losing to Forest uh, and 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 a good squad. I don't I don't think anyone like like. Yeah. If, you forget that that wasn't just like a B team. Uh, we we had you know Saka, Martinelli, all the players who've been so good for us this season were in that game, and we looked awful. Um, and not that I was too fussed about going out. I mean, it's still it's always unfortunate to lose in a cup that early, but um, it's the Arsenal uh, I, I just think, yeah, I I just think we, we've been very inconsistent, uh, and uh, we still like that. We also. I think we ha- you have to talk about discipline under Arteta because we're now three, I think it's like three out of our last four games, we've ended with 10 men uh, and against big teams. Uh, and while, of course, you can point that to Xhaka's ridiculous decisions and it's just, it just every week. Um, and so, I don't know. I think we're not, I think what Arteta deserves a lot of credit for is he's united, to some degree, he's united a fan base. Um, and, and Edu gets credit for this too, is with, with their transfer strategy this summer, they've united a fan base around a young team that you can get behind, but it's their inconsistencies are always qualified by their age. And I just feel like, when will we let that go? Cause I feel like the Arsenal fan base will in two, like in two or three years, you'll still be saying, oh yeah, yeah, but it's, you know, but uh, Tomiyasu will, won't get turned like by Jota like that when he's 26. And it's like, if he, in two years, if he doesn't, you know, like, like it's like the point is this team needs to win in these next in three years. And if we don't see that, then we can't keep qualifying everything with this trust the process bullshit because it, like, that's the process. The process has to like show in two or three years. It can't be a, this is now not a six year mission. These kids are like 22 to 25. Uh, and that's great. But anyway, they're, they're, I, we just need we need real time success, and I, I don't. I'm not expecting top four this season, but um, fifth would be I think a really big step. Uh, and if we could get a, a couple signings in the summer, top four has to be what we. You, there's nothing less than top four for next year. So yeah. anyway, that's uh, that's where I'm at with my squad. I mean, you, you mentioned one of them though, um, but I think that you know real praise needs to be given for what was a tremendous summer window. I think uh, against a lot of criticism, I think the you know the Ben White deal was really um, you know, slandered the Ramsdale deal was just absolutely shat on. And, yeah. you know, I think Ben White has been really impressive recently. I think, you know, like, you know, he put together a pretty solid run of form. I, I still think that there are inconsistencies there, but I think definitely an upgrade. Um, and then along with, you know, Gabriel, who's looking good, you know, had, you know, his moments yesterday against Liverpool or not, yeah. not yesterday, like a few days ago. Um, against Liverpool, but um, and then Tomiyasu has looked just excellent. Like, totally, like from the first moment, really, I think you know he got, as you said, just turned by Jota. But you know, everyone gets turned by Jota. It turns out, but I think that's been really good. Just and you know, I know he's a longtime favorite of yours, but 
the Martin Odegaard signing, I think is really big. You know, when you know, there was a period where he was out of the team, you know, with Smith Rowe in form. And, but I think, you know, the formation that finds a place for Smith Rowe and Odegaard and Saka, and then, you know, leaves, you know, I guess it's Lacazette now, but I think, you know, just, there have been just tremendous moments of play in this team. It's like really fluid attacking moments. Yeah. And I think it's, yeah. you know, Arsenal yeah. are fun to watch recently, which, you know, as much as it pains me to say. So I think, you know, there's definitely, you can see the progress there. You can see the development. And I, but I agree with you, you know, eventually you're going to have to start seeing results. And it feels like there's been sort of like the cyclical pattern over the last, you know, 15 years maybe of Arsenal or like since, you know, the like mid 2000s glory of under Wenger is that, you know, you get these exciting moments, you know, where, the team really looks to be improving and then the progress sort of stalls and you, yeah. you lose the big player, you lose, you know, whatever the, someone dips out of form. So I think it's going to be very interesting where this team goes next. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, but more importantly, I've got to, got to ask you about, well, there's been so much that I feel like has happened with Chelsea recently, Chaz, and you haven't had a chance to comment on the Lukaku situation. Oh. Uh, I mean, not that you want to go straight into that, but just more that, uh, look, I mean, I think everyone had Chelsea as uh, not maybe not title favorites, but at least title contenders. And while we can talk about City's dominance maybe another time, uh, where has it gone wrong for Chelsea? Uh, and does uh, yeah, what is that down to Tuchel? Is it down to performances? How would you uh, describe the past few months, which have been lackluster to say the least? I yeah, Chelsea's been. I think I think it's been a, a, a couple of things, and I think first of all, I don't think it's Tuchel. I don't think like I think that, you know, I think there have been other factors. And I think the first and major is, and I think that people sometimes forget, is that Chelsea's success last year and early this year was almost entirely dependent on the play of Chelsea's wingbacks. Like Chelsea have not under Tuchel since, well, even under Lampard last year and under Tuchel the second have never been a great attacking team. They have never. And um, that's sort of been a result, I think, of just, you know, they're players that don't fit well in the system, whatever it may be. But what they have been is a fantastic defensive and just um, unbelievable wingback team. You know, it's like they the wingback FC memes were like really, really accurate because Ben Chilwell and Reese James are probably, um, you know, two of, if not the best, the among the best, players in their positions in the world, especially in the sort of elevated role that Chelsea plays them in. And losing Chilwell first was bad because Marcus Alonso is well past it and just does not fit the same in Conte's and in Tuchel's system. And that also means that there's no backup for him. But losing Reese James has been just like disastrous because you lose both sides of that we're forced to play like Christian Pulisic in right wing back or Callum Hudson Adoy, and it's just like you really lose something. So I think that's first. The second is, of course, you know, the hundred million dollar elephant in the room, like, ah, uh, just like the Romelu Lukaku situation is so incredibly, incredibly frustrating because, you know, you look at his success in Italy and say, you know, he played in a three center back wing back formation um hello sorry can you hear me i can hear you. yeah 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 sorry sorry you okay. froze for a second on me just like looks like romelu lukaku on the run 
Um, but you know, he did really well in Italy and then we bring him in and it just, it becomes very clear that we have bought a player for a system that is not his own. The player is, I don't, it appears as of now incapable of adapting to that system. Um, and just, and I'm just so confused that Chelsea seem entirely cursed that whoever wears the nine shirt is just going to be horrible. Because if you look at the names of the players that Chelsea have signed and the success that they have done had before and after their fouls, it's like, you know, you know, starting with, you know, Shevchenko comes to Chelsea and just like absolutely shits the bed. Uh, you know, obviously Drogba is excellent, but doesn't wear the nine shirt. Um, you know, Fernando Torres comes and is terrible. You have, you know, like Falcao, uh, Pato, like the randomest collection of players in between. Um, but then you've got, you know, players like Alvaro Morata, who, while I think it's maligned in, you know, a lot of people takes, is just like a very good player. And like, you know, he's not like some shitter who just like has lucked his way into starting for Juventus in the Spanish national team. Like he's clearly talented, but and had moments of flashes of brilliance, but like, I have no idea what's going on. And then also, you know, it's become also very clear that, um, my real question is, I don't know who this system is built for in attack. And it's easy to frame this as a criticism of Tuchel, but I don't want it to be because, you know, when you have very diverse set of players in Timo Werner, Kai Havertz, Romelu Lukaku, Hakim Ziyech, Christian Pulisic, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Mason Mount. And none of them except Mason Mount seems to, like, thrive in the system. It's, like, it's just very – it's, like, I don't really know why. I But, it, you know, we look worse with Romelu Lukaku in the team than we did with Kai Havertz playing center forward last year, which is an absurd statement, and I, I can't believe I'm making it, but it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've really – I've really never seen anything like it. It's, it's, it's like, it, it's insane. And so I'm just intrigued as to not that, look, I, I clearly he's done so much for you guys, but so you, it, there's no room for Tuchel in terms of blame, not, not blame, but just like, it, it just seems like if, if there's, if it's clear, cause I've watched some of the Chelsea games and, and if I was a I mean, of course I'm, I'm not, I, I, I despise Chelsea. So their <laughs> lack of, uh, fluidity and attack has been like, I mean, it makes for boring. It's boring sometimes. I'm also like not bummed that they're drawing team zero, zero, you know, like, like point is, um, I just feel like he, he, uh, I, I, I was on Twitter and people were saying after the Brighton uh, uh, tie that they wouldn't be surprised if uh, the next, you know, like not, not that he's going to get fired right now, but that like uh, given the Chelsea boards history yeah. of, of uh not you know basically uh you know not not what's the word uh just of just requiring excellence i think you still have you know a champions league campaign that you have to compete in and i think clearly given last season's success i think he'll he'll probably you guys will do quite well there but um in in the league it's been quite uh shocking and i believe if chelsea if if spurs win all their games in hand they're four points above, above you guys. And if we win all of our games in hand, we are uh, tied with you guys on points, which is quite quite crazy uh, given 
Arsenal being relegation candidates at the beginning of the season. <sighs> I mean, not that that was ever going to happen, but like, you know, just and Spurs having that Nuno uh, start. So I'll, I'll just say that uh, I don't, I'm not expecting you to blame it all on, on Tuchel, but um, that's pretty, I don't know. Uh, the, the league has been. Yeah. No, I think, I think this is fair. And I, look, I'll say it's not his, he's not the person to blame for what's been going on. But I think, you know, it's like, all great managers adapt to the circumstances they're given and managers that fail to adapt, especially at Chelsea are sent packing. And, you know, it's happened with very good managers in bad situations before, you know, I, it's happened with very good managers in good situations before, you know, the one that's the first sacking when I first became a fan of Carlo Ancelotti still makes no sense, but you know, it's the way that Chelsea do things. And it's been, extraordinarily successful it's you know two european championships um five league titles since roman bromwich took over been you know gone from being a you know cup winning club to being you know perennial contender and so the problem though is that at the same time chelsea haven't been a title contender in five years and yeah you know we think it is important and the champions league trophy is obviously you know, wouldn't trade that like, if like, I, no one will say they like, regret that moment, but it does appear that this side is built for cup competitions and not for the league. And it's not really sustainable for a club like Chelsea. And so I think that he needs to adapt. And I think that it, it's just, it's hard to adapt around a hundred million dollar player. Like you can't send him, you can't, you know, leave him on the bench every day. You know, you, he, he yeah. was consulted. He wanted this player and, um, I think the other factor too is like, you know, what, like, what do you do? What, like, how do you get around this? And do, or do you say we're going to start with Lukaku and then create a system that benefits him, gets him the service he needs? Because you can't use Lukaku like a target man. He's not a target man. He's big, yeah. but he's someone who thrives in space. His like first goals for Chelsea, you know, collapsing yeah. onto a ball and a through ball like look like if you look at the inner milan highlight reel from last year which i you know just like i did with timo Werner's leipzig highlights <laughs> i've watched too many times trying to discover where it all went wrong but there's a lot of running into space there's a lot of you know excellent link up play with lautaro martinez and it's it's just really frustrating and i will say you know on the other hand there have been some real gems from the season i think the breakthrough of Chalaba has been fantastic, you know, going from a guy who I don't think any Chelsea fan was like really rating before this year when he was out on loan to really becoming a really good rotation piece of the, of the lineup. Um, you know, I think Conte has been largely excellent. Uh, Jorginho, like pretty good. Um, sorry. Um, but just otherwise it's just like, I just don't, don't really know what to make of it and so you know it's going to be frustrating the team just looks beat they look spent um and i think more than the manager just comes down to the individual performances like what we saw against brighton was just like horrible like misplaced passes just no communication it, it, it was really bad it was really hard to watch and so you know i think those issues need to be sorted out and i don't think it's the manager i think it's the players but i think the manager is responsible for the players. So it's just weird. There's no easy answer. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, transitioning potentially. Is there a signing that Chelsea need to make this window uh, that could, could help 
maybe not. I don't think, I, no offense, I don't think anyone's beating City, but um, cement you guys just, I mean, right now, top four isn't necessarily yeah. cemented for you guys. Not that I'm worried for you, but um, to secure top four and maybe uh, win in the Champions League or go far there. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Mbappe, uh, but, <laughs> uh, but seriously, uh, <laughs> I, I think the big priority is a left, left wing back. I was honestly pretty disappointed that we missed out on Digne. I, I, I'm sure that there was a reason for that. And I, like, oh, look, I'm not like, you know, I know we can play like sort of podcast football manager and like make these signings, but like, you know, he seemed like a very logical fit and maybe he just didn't want to go into a place where he knew that after this season, he would probably be second choice. But initially when it was discussed that we were exploring left back option, it was like Teo Hernandez, like Dina. And I was like, me seem like a little audacious because, you know, you don't sign Teo Hernandez to be a backup left back after this year. I'm like, but maybe, you know, it's competition and who knows, but now we're talking about like, we can't, we can't persuade Leon to let us recall Emerson. And I'm like, look, Emerson seems like a great guy. Like he really does. He seems really fun. I was at the Emirates December 2019. Uh, this man, every game, every podcast. I swear I hear about this. I, I know, but I saw this man get absolutely dusted by, it wasn't Joe Willock. Who, who I don't, was I don't it? remember. It was one of okay. It's not Joelic. It's not Saka. Well, who's the other one? The Arsenal. Ainsley, Wait, like young kid. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Inketias, maybe. No, no, the other one. The other one. The winger. He played Reese like, Nelson. Reese Nelson. Yeah. Reese Nelson was absolutely destroying my man, and man's not gotten younger. Like it's three years past that point. Like we yeah. gotta, and so. Uh, what do you want to hear? Yeah, I don't even know what, what's going to happen. So I think that's the big hole. Um, I think we have to look forward. Like, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I guess Rudiger said something about his contract yesterday, but I, I'm not optimistic about that. He's asking for a shit ton of money. I mean, like, go get that bag. Like, look, I don't care about players getting paid. Um, it's a job. You're only in it for a very short amount of time, but it would be a huge loss for Chelsea. Uh, and Christensen, right? Isn't Christensen also? Yeah, like the, Christensen the seems. Yeah, but Christensen seems more likely to resign. But if we lose him, and then you know, Thiago Silva is only here for one more year because um, he's old, even though he's incredible. Like I can't believe he's this good. Uh, it's just it's you know we have to make some serious acquisitions, and I think it's you know probably looking more towards uh, the summer than January, but. If we don't patch that left back hole, I'm, you know, it's hard to see us, which is crazy to say competing with other teams, but like Jesus Christ, like Alonzo is just such a detriment. And it's also the guys playing every game. So you're going to need some just players, even if for just rotation. Yeah. yeah. How about you? We get Wahovic. Is he, is he on Stan Kroenke's jet checking in the Rams playoff game tomorrow? What's, what's the deal? Wonder. Can you imagine? Um, I don't know. I, the Vlahovic thing, I think, is a really – it's honestly so shocking, I think, on so many levels in terms of Arsenal. Like, if any of it is true, which, like, at this point, no one knows anything. And I think – I think the only – clear that there's some interest in him, but uh, no one knows what's been offered, if there's been an offer. Um, and Fiorentina have clearly been – seems like 
that Fiorentina are willing to accept a large bid, um, especially with Torreira there. Torreira has that 15 million buy on clause. So uh, I'm sure there'd be an agreement there would Vlahovic would be a little bit cheaper and we'd give him Torreira for free. Um, but yeah, it just seems like the uh, the agent stuff is so convoluted uh, and it won't definitely won't work itself out. Now, and I'm kind of glad about that because um, I don't like this idea that players who don't really want to go to a team, like, like, like that just, I, I don't think ever really works out. And it seemed like apparently with whatever, there's a rumor of what Vlahovic's agent were wanting. And the big thing was like a, a, a sell-on deal where if they sold him, they would get the agents and Vlahovic will get a major, like a major bonus. And so everyone was just like, that just means that you're just going to want to leave in a year. Uh, and if he doesn't, you're you know, like that. His agent is just going to be focused on selling him on again from Arsenal. And I don't know. I, 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 I he looks good, but he's got tons of penalties. And no one's really talking about that. A lot of his goals are from the penalty spot. Um, and I think he would, of course, be a major addition. But I mean, we're talking Chaz, 75 million pounds is what we're they're, they're saying. Uh, he'd be on like 200,000 pounds a week. Uh, you know, and and we all know that like if Lukaku can't be a success at Chelsea, nothing is a given. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm not saying like this is the case with any striker. Uh, but I I'd rather uh if uh, not that Isak has had a great season, but Isak and David who are the other two striker options, which David would be kind of crazy, a Canadian. Uh, That'd be sick. And so I don't know. Um, but it's gonna be really interesting because I think I think. Aubameyang clearly has been shown the door uh, and the rumor is that there are offers. So I wonder if he will leave um, and getting his wages. I mean, that, that, that is another thing that Arsenal has done really well this break that no one's really talking about is we've gotten rid of so many players. Yeah. Um, not rid. A lot of them are, are just on loan, but Rossinach just left. Uh, no one knows, but he was the fifth highest wage uh, earner at Arsenal. He's on 160000 a week, uh, so he left, uh, which is a lot of money we just saved. Uh, Ainsley on loan. Uh, we got Pablo Mari out of the club. Like we've we've done some 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 clearing out, um, and I think that that's 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 massive. So I don't know. I, I don't think we're gonna get Blahovic. I personally am not too fussed if we don't get him. I do think we need a striker. I ideally would like to get one in this break, but I I think if Aubameyang doesn't leave, it's gonna be hard to make that a necessity, even if he doesn't play for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, just the Aubameyang situation. I don't want, like, a bull, a BS, like, Lucas Perez deal. Like, like I want a real striker. So if, if they are only going to spend that money <laughs> Lucas Perez. Sell them, then uh, I think uh, that, that I'm happy with that. I also think we clearly need a CDM. And so the rumors of Arthur Mello are kind of disappointing. I don't, I don't – do you rate him, Chaz? When he did that major, like, swap with Pjanic, I wasn't, like – I was just kind of confused. Yeah, like, I, I, he's I not, really watched him play. I mean, that but, was just straight up money laundering. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I don't. That was just like insane. He's um. So I watched a, like a I watched a fair amount of Serie and I think that he's talented. I just don't know how good he'd be in like a Premier League system. But also, I think he's just been like. It's been hard to get a read of him at Juventus because he played under Perla last year, which was sort of a dumpster fire, and then. Allegri this year has just been sort of weird and he hasn't any, you know, I think he's struggling with injury. He hasn't been really been in the team that much, but when he's played, he looks good. And I think he clearly has a lot of talent. I think it's also like some, I think there's some attitude issues is what I've yeah. read, I think. 
but you said something interesting earlier, A, about the agent fees. I think there is FIFA legislation that's going to put a cap on agent fees, which is could not come sooner because those are just insane. Like the fees now, like for Holland, it's like design Holland. It's like you got to pay like 40 mil or whatever, but they got to pay like 20 each to his dad and agent. Um, it's like, you know, famously Neymar, you had to pay 10 million to talk to him when he was at yeah. Santos. Yeah. Uh, it's just like a pretty ridiculous affair. Uh, but, you know, about players not wanting to play. I mean, hey, Chelsea was Lukaku's home. He was back. And two months later, this man's talking about what pasta he liked in Milan. So yeah. it's, um, I think, you know, I think Vlahovic is uh, like pretty absurdly talented, super young. I just, you know, it seems like they're driving up the price to go somewhere, you know, sign for a huge sign-on bonus in the summer for free. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I'm just still so shocked by this Aubameyang situation. I'm not shocked in a way, but I just think the fact that Arsenal made this mistake not once but twice is absurd to me. Like, you know, the fact that this happened with Ozil and then everyone was like, we got to get Aubameyang to sign the contract, which, I mean, justifiably so. He was unbelievable in that part of the season. He, yeah. you know, was excellent. Um, and then now he's just like, terrible <laughs> and like doesn't even play and like it's like has like you know long-term covid or whatever and like has like remember he had like malaria like, like this dude gets like the randomest ailments that really just are not a good time so it's yeah. gonna be yeah it's just i yeah i can only imagine the frustration yeah yeah i uh yeah i don't know it's it's not good, but I, I like that we're clearing out our strikers. And um, I do really – I love Lacazette, so I, I'd be interested in giving him another year deal. Uh, but yeah, I, he's I, been really good. He just, he just super I, – I find him very underrated. Like, everyone shits on him, but if you actually watch an Arsenal game – not that he, he can still do a lot of things better, but um, I just think he does a lot of things – a lot of the underrecognized things, like, really, really well, um, just, like, holding up the play and, and stuff. So, um yeah, I, I'd love like a, I, but I'd love Isak or Dave would be fun. I mean, Dave would be really fun. Um, so, I'm I'm open. It seems like if we're gonna offer that money now, I don't see why that money wouldn't still be available in the summer. So I'd imagine we're gonna splash some cash on a big striker, and then yeah, like a Bruno Guimaraes would be sweet as well. So, uh, man can only hope. Um, but uh, yeah, all right. Well, let's. Do you want to move to the awards? Or yeah. Other big transfers because there there are a couple others, but I feel like we could just get stuck on that forever. Um, yeah, I think we should do awards. We can do a bigger like get the whole crew involved on the January transfer. I also, by the way, I swore that was offside. I don't know what just happened. I, I that's crazy because I I was low key watching it too. How did that? That there was a hundred percent offside. Like, are they not even yeah. looking? At it? Like I saw the replay. I didn't even like. Was like, is there someone in the shot that I'm not seeing? I thought. 1000% Cavani was off. Yeah, with well, the dude who played the last pass when he passed yeah. like the pass to the goal. Dude. Was it Cavani? Yeah. He looked Cavani so off. across to Rashford. Yeah, Rashford. I, that was weird. Also, Newcastle beating Leeds. Damn. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's do. So, all right. I think we should do. Let's do four player of the year, signing of the year disappointment of the year uh young let's do young all right let's start let's start back to front young player of the year um 
How you young? Know. How young? Like uh, let's do U23. Or I mean, we could do 21, but then like then there's like a lot of players I feel like we, who get left out. Uh, Jaden Sancho. Uh, <laughs> um, see, it's, it's I think there's an obvious. I think there's like two or three that are like like just need to get a mention. Uh, uh, I I, rel- yeah. I reluctantly will say Connor Gallagher. Yeah, has to be. That, this is my yeah. Um, which who? How old is like? I just don't know how old he is. Is he 22? Like he could be 22, and that's why I said you 23. Um, 21, but, 21. He's in. Yeah. He's another shout. This was my pick. My pick was Gallagher. I, I just like. I think yeah. like just because you know young players on great teams is fun, but young, great young players on bad teams is awesome. Like he's been just running that ship um, in his like in a pretty incredible why, way. He's on loan there from a team that you could right. No, no, no. But there's no chance that he has any connection. Nah, yeah, yeah, I think. I, I think he like um, you know was a Blues fan from day one or something. Uh, might have been there since he was seven. Twenty twelve, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's um, he's he's incredible. So who who's who are your on your short list? I mean, of course, like biasly, I'd like I feel like there's a couple of gunners who deserve a shout. Um, but I don't know. I feel like that's a little too easy because I feel like all of them have been on on form recently, but haven't been as consistent as Gallagher. Um, I'm trying to think of like like an out there shout that I think they're, they're, like they, if we had more time I think there there definitely would be. Uh, I think Smith Rowe has been really really good, but I, I won't. I won't go Smith Rowe. Um, so I will go for. Been, it's just too easy to, I been. Like it's too easy to be like Foden, uh, yeah. but Foden's not even. I'm taking uh, a better season than Foden. I was like pre pre Ronaldo, Mason Greenwood. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna, yeah, I'll, I'll go Gallagher. It, I, I, I gotta, I got. I'll concede there, so I don't have to concede other, other awards. Okay. Yeah. Um, Disappointment. Player or team? Um, I'm assuming player. Yeah, I was thinking player. You can do team, but I'll, I'll go first on this one. Um, player. I mean, it's a. <laughs> My like bias is gonna say Jaden Sancho over Romelu Lukaku, but I feel like it's got to be Romelu Lukaku at this point. Yeah. Um, just uh, you've never been able to put together. Although I think Jaden Sancho has really done his best. Uh, you know, he, huge signing, and yeah. is on is not only on a terrible team, is not playing on said terrible team, and has now been benched by an eighteen year old, which is not not a great look for the the whiz kid. Which is weird because I thought you know he was awesome, but. Yeah. Yes. Guess not. Jack Harrison, um, Cody. Um, yeah. I'll uh, I'll actually real quick. I'll change my young player season to Max Kilman of Wolves. Uh, is a, a very good shot. Maybe not better than Gallagher, but has been incredible a season. That's a hipster has, pick. I like that. Uh, yeah, hipster pick. Uh, and uh, you sh- should be Ukraine international, but uh, chose England, which is always hard. Um, uh, I'll go disappointment season. I think like no one, the one person that, I mean, Sancho and Lukaku are the obvious ones. I think no one's talking about how like kind of irrelevant uh, Grealish has been, but then yeah. City's been so good that Very like, and he, and he hasn't been bad. He just hasn't, I don't think he had the numbers, but he had that miss against, I mean, it was a great save by Kepa. Uh, we'll give Kepa the credit there, but um, uh, I think Grealish for a hundred million is, is, isn't getting enough <sighs> stick uh, than like a Pepe or a, not the Pepe is comparable, just more that, you know, 
uh, have you seen that? There was a great article that came out that said that, I probably told you this, that like someone just watched every game in the past 20 games that Pepe's just come on and, and every, every game except two of those 20 or whatever, they mentioned 72 million pounds <laughs> in the first three, within the first two or three touches of the ball. <laughs> that the dude can't even touch it without them telling, explaining that he's the... That's hey, incredible. My- That's incredible. I mean, uh, it's, it's like, but like, I, I totally agree with you about Grealish. And I, I think it's, it is definitely consequences of if your team is struggling. You know, like yeah. no one talks about Lukaku's price when Chelsea were doing well. And yeah. you just like, you know what I mean? If like, we were battering people 4-0, I'd be like, oh, well... You know, he's trying to end his goal drought or whatever. But, like, with Grealish, it's just, like, he doesn't play. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. it's so yeah. – but, like, you know, um, just, like, an absurd feat that yeah. – I, I, look, I'm, I'm not acting like Pep is working with, like, fucking, you know, sticks or whatever. But, like, the dude is, like, just – that team is so good and is using just every single player in his disposal. Yeah. So – yeah, just, uh, a couple other shouts, which are kind of, I think, are fun. Um, Buendia has been better recently. I think Buendia has been somewhat disappointing. I think Ings has been disappointing. Ings has been bad. Yeah, has been really interestingly poor. Um, I think, and then I think a big one who I was really thought was going to transform this team, uh, and this is a signing. These are all, a lot of these are signings, but I think Indidi and Sumar have been awful for Leicester. I think no one's talking about how shit. Yeah, it's. And uh, Ansel Yonchu, like there are some rocks in that Leicester team who have been really poor. And I think yeah. that Sumare dude is is a shout. Doc has been the shining signing of that of those. Yeah, he's been good. But Sumar, I was I really rated out of I forget where which French was he Marseille? No, Lille. Was it Lille? Yeah, yeah it was Lille. Anyway, um, so I'll, I was just gonna throw a couple of those in there. Yeah, I was trying to think of. Um... Uh, uh, not signing of the season disappointment. Bruno Fernandez, who since Ronaldo has been like absolutely horrible, and also it's just like that team, just like you know, fucking like. It, I, I was listening to a podcast, um, not to give other people love on this show, but um, and they were talking. It's like it's the football cliches podcast, and they're Tottenham correspondent, funnily, but it was like, uh, it is sort of you know, in this time of endless money in soccer, it is nice to see that, like, you can't just buy every single player and just throw them into a team. Like, you know, every single player in that team is, like, a 40 million player. Like, like legitimately, at least. Like, they've spent so much money, and then they've got... And they're still starting, like, Scott McDominay and, like, losing and, like, you know, getting 93rd-minute winners. Uh, So, yeah. Um, Well... Flipping that though, signing of the season. Um, I think there's a few good names out there. It hasn't really been a year of like incredible signings, I don't think. Yeah. Um, but who would? I think I think there's an obvious one. I would say, I, I mean, I think I think they're all on the same team. Definitely not obvious. That, no, well, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not. I'm actually not talking about an Arsenal player. If that was who you. Oh, were really? Talking. They've been okay. They've been woeful, but I think uh, Emmanuel Dennis is a shout. Uh, yeah, been really solid for them, and I think has like over fifty percent of all of Watford's goal contributions. No, he's, I mean, uh, he's like their only attacker. Yeah, exactly. So I think he's a shout. I think Jose Saw is a shout, and then 
I don't know. I'm not on the Ramsdale hype wave. Ramsdale's been very solid, but I don't think he's been like better than like people who say Ramsdale's goal, goalkeeper of the season, I think are, are out of their mind um, compared to, I think De Gea's had a great season. I think Mendy's yeah, had a great yeah. And Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, I, I'd probably go with Dennis or, or maybe you told me, if I'm going to pick an Arsenal player, it would be Tomiyasu. Yeah. He played against Liverpool. I mean, I was probably going to say Tomiyasu. I was going to give some love. I think like if we hadn't given Connor Gallagher the True, because uh, he's the thing. Like you know, he he he's just like literally like their entire attack. Um, I think uh, you know, obviously none of the Chelsea ones really get in there. Uh, <laughs> um, and um, there was you know, City didn't really do much. Ex- I mean, they did Grealish obviously, but like, um, yeah. not anything really else. So I think yeah, I was probably gonna give it to Tomiyasu honestly. Like I just think like you know he's been excellent and like really given like a new so you know solidity to that team and yeah really brought it together um but emmanuel dennis great shout great shout that dude's a baller although yesterday he had sort of a bit of a mare um and then last last not least mid-season player of the season Uh, this is the easiest i think (laughs) let's let's hear it chess i mean it's got to be mo salah it's like there's Like, even though, uh, obviously, he's out now, the dude is, like, <laughs> let, let me get Mo Salah's stats up because it, it's sort of mind-boggling how good this guy is. Also, you know, in a team where it's not like, you know, obviously, he is, you know, the best player on a team that is very good and can get him a lot of the opportunities the dude has 16 goals and nine assists and it's January. It, yeah. you know, and in big games too, you know, he puts, you know, uh, four past. No, uh, he gets, you know, how he's, how many does he get against United? I think it was, it was a Hattrick at Old Trafford. It was, yeah. Yeah. Hattrick at Old Trafford. He, the goal against know, Chelsea. The goal against Chelsea. Yeah. The goal, uh, he scores against you guys, right? Uh, uh yeah, that, that, yeah. <laughs> there's no there. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and so it's just like it's just an unbelievable player. Um, like I, I, you know, I just got pause and just give some love to Mozala because just one of the most absurd entrances in the Premier League I've ever seen. This guy was, you know, not surplus requirements at Chelsea, loaned out to Fiorentina gets this very weird like sketchy business dealing between Fiorentina and Roma where like Fiorentina think they've got him and then Roma come and snatch him becomes a good player like really lights it like starts lighting up in the Serie A and then comes to the Premier League and is dropping like 30 goals a season for the past five years it's absurd it's I've never seen anything like it um and you know, obviously we are long past like the one season wonder shouts and Liverpool fans I don't think we'll ever let people forget that they made those, but I never thought that he would be uh, maybe the world's best player on current form. You know, I think yeah. in terms of current form, it's like him and Lewandowski. And yeah. uh, just truly incredible. Um, you can give your second best player of the year if you... I would say uh, Bernardo Silva and Declan Rice deserve very honorable mentions. Um, I think specifically Declan Rice uh, is one of those players where every time I watch, I mean, I guess to Day. he wasn't I mean I, I don't really think I still think Cavani was outside but uh <laughs> uh just I, I need to see a replay on this because I'm like yeah. convinced that I am like seeing just shit yeah uh so I, I just Declan Rice is 
just whenever you watch him, he's just so he's so noticeable. Like he he just he's uh, he's such a presence both defensively, but he just his runs, like the way he strides the ball is is incredible. And and that West Ham team, oh, oh I mean, oh, also another shout. I mean, Jared Bowen, Charles. I mean, so good. Where did that come from? So that good. Ball? So uh, he Not recently. He's probably in the best. I think in the past month, he's been the best form in the Premier League easily. Yeah, he's been incredible. He's been incredible. So, uh, the Leeds highlight package is on, and it is giving me a disappointment of the season because Dan James, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He missed that. Um, that's a terrible <laughs> signing. But uh, Declan Rice, like, just unbelievable player. Uh, I, wonder, I mean, you know, learned it all at Chelsea, of course, um, before we. From his best amount. Yeah, learned yeah, all of it. Before we unceremoniously released him, uh, that's not looking great. Um, oh my god, no way! John Joe Shelby is the guy who scored, <laughs> he scored a free kick. Awesome, uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, Jared Bowen, excellent. Um, Bernardo Silva, though, uh, you know, because there was some grumblings over the summer that he was, you know, yeah, yeah he was gonna leave, be out of the team, that he, you know, didn't really see. City as like a fit for him anymore that he was going to go on to bigger and better things like I don't know probably fucking PSG uh but you know he's just unbelievable and is I think maybe the most important player to that team um like in this current iteration like him and Rodri like really just like make the whole thing tick so yeah those are my shouts I think those are, that's a good awards list that's a good awards list we've given a lot of good credit um uh, we'll get We'll get more people's opinions on it next time. We'll set up a bigger episode, but um, yeah, I think I think that's a good roundup. I think that we made a good account of ourselves, Turner. Yeah, I, I I agree, Chess. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Well, thank you so much for hopping on, Turner. Um, we'll make sure to do more of these in our final semester in college, <laughs> which is a crazy crazy thought. But for now, stay warm and enjoy the. I don't know, indoors in Montreal buildings. I, I can't I don't know what else to tell you at this point. <laughs> Hope North Carolina's treating you well. Sounds good. Thank you, Turner.